Thanks as always to the Alberta Podcast Network for your support. Built by Karen Unland and powered by ATB Financial, the APN is an initiative to push Alberta-run podcasts to the next level. Welcome back to the Perspectives YYC podcast. This is an exciting week. I've produced a double header as we head into Exposure Photography Festival Month. 2020 is here and the exhibitions look incredible. This episode, I'm speaking with Evelyn Drake from The Camera Store to focus on their two-day show, He Saw, She Saw, as well as the Camera Store staff exhibition. The main stage will be for Julian Ferreira and his daughter Bianca to show their unique perspectives on their love of the Western lifestyle. And upstairs, there'll be the Camera Store staff exhibition. I'm super stoked to see this show, and if you're interested in cameras of any fashion, you should be too. It'll be an eclectic and long overdue glimpse at the creativity behind the counters at the famous shop. The show's opener is February 7th from 6 till 10. The next day, there's a talk with Julian and his daughter Bianca in the morning at the camera store as well, but that show is only up for two days, so you better mark your calendars and get your butts in the door. Yeah, it becomes this, yeah, this intent and this personal reflection. Even the ones that don't have the empathy, they have value in the long run. There's a lot yeah. of horrifying things that we need to face too. I know, yeah, it's it's always, it's always a tough thing. And I think um, you go in so many different directions with where your viewpoint can lie, depending on the circumstance. Um, but I, I personally think that when it comes down to it, if you have, if your intention is good and you want to be able to document something, um, at, at the end of the day, that's that's really all that matters. So speaking of good intentions, this is my segue because that was a huge intro. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting with Evelyn Drake, Evelyn Drake at uh, at the camera store, and uh, we're actually here because I found out that you're putting on a a show for well a, a show for uh, exposure. Yeah, and yeah we, we're doing a, an exhibit. Yeah, we tried to talk about exciting. it, but I, yeah. I screwed up the first the recording, which is why we'll <laughs> so see is, if I remember. This is uh, version two. Yeah, yeah, take two. So hopefully I remember to tell you all of the things about it. I know, it was, it was I thought it was a good talk. And I, <laughs> ah, I, was, I was a little obsessing over when I was walking home. Oh, no, it's all good. No, it's fun. <laughs> it's good to talk about. Um, yeah, so we, the camera store, we tend to be kind of opportunists whenever we can find cool things to do in the city. Um, we love community-based stuff and exposure is something that we've had a relationship in one way or another for many, many years. And this year, we had um, the opportunity of being able to do a photo show with all of our staff. So we have 35 people that work for the camera store and most of us are all super passionate about photography. We have a lot of people that shoot um, professionally, you know, they do wedding photography, they do street photography, um, a little bit of everything. And so it's really great to find a way to help them be able to expose some of that work. Um, so we knew that one of the store owners, Julian, who's a photographer himself, and so is his daughter, um, they wanted to do a show called He Saw, She Saw. And they're both really involved in kind of Western culture. They live just outside the city and, um, you know, horses and Western lifestyle is a really big part of, of their life. And so they decided they were going to do a show and they were looking for a space. And it was starting to become a little difficult deciding where to do it. And 
next door to the camera store, there used to be the Webster Gallery, and it's been vacant um, for several months. And so we decided to go take a look to see if it was still a viable spot because, I mean, the location is perfect. And it's huge, and it's still in relatively good shape. It's a bit rustic, I'll admit, um, but it's it's totally vacant. And so we talked to the the landlords, and they agreed to allow us to do a two day event. So we'd love to be able to do it longer, but um, but anyways, we're taking the opportunity to do this two day thing. So it's uh, February seventh and eighth. So the seventh is going to be an evening kind of reception gala type thing um so there'll be appetizers and uh, refreshments and uh, and then everybody can come in and, and check out all the work and then on saturday julian and his daughter are doing a coffee talk here at the camera store and then from there everybody can walk over and check out the gallery too during the day and it will be open from 10 to 4 on the saturday the 8th as well busy yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Were you closely um, connected to chasing after spaces for the show? I, I'm suddenly interested in what the difficulties were that makes so hard to put on. I guess it was trying to find, I guess, where the right location was going to be. There was a few leads. Um, one of their friends, uh, Lila Jacobs, um, is involved in putting on a lot of different types of events. Um, she does a lot of things with the fashion community. And so we were looking at some other spaces, um, but they just didn't seem quite right. They weren't the, quite the right fit. And a lot of space in Calgary, despite the city being kind of under difficult economic times, can be really expensive as well. Um, so yeah, just being kind of cost prohibitive and then making sure that the space has you know good parking and access and, and just makes sense from uh, I guess being able to place images on the wall. It, this is, I mean, uh, this is one divergence. I, I'm suddenly, you know, with all the work that I've been doing with uh, perspectives and and also trying to find spaces uh, essentially for free to put artists' work. Yes, in. yes. Uh, Calgary is fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, there's a lot of great owners that will offer um, a wall of a coffee shop sitter, but then those coffee shops may not actually be great spaces to put work up. Like it's, you know, you get this mix. So yeah. you have to uh, Or to do an event. Do. Like if you right. want to do like an opening gala type event, a coffee shop isn't always going to be the best. Right. There's, and yeah, and there's restrictions on, and don't get me started on Calgary codes and what you're allowed and occupancy. Yes. It yes. just gets very messy. But the other thing I find is, uh, again, even in the downturn, Nobody wants to budge and everything costs, you know, even if you want it for a night, it's two, five, ten thousand yeah. dollars. You're like, why? Like, I know. know we could bring people into this space, but there's not a lot of dialogue about that. Absolutely. I wonder how prohibitive that is for artists to even grow culture in Calgary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's why, I mean, if you can find um, a good opportunity to get something that is, that is reasonable, even sometimes there's limitations. I mean, I think it's it's worthwhile jumping on because... Yeah, for us doing a staff show and then even uh, Julian and his daughter doing the He Saw, She Saw show, um, you know, it's not necessarily of being like an advantageous business choice. Um, it's really more about, um, you know, giving the staff the opportunity to showcase their work. And they're all really excited about it. It's kind of like if you were to do a team building type thing, we could go, we could go bowling <laughs> or we could do a staff show. Yeah, yeah. And because we're all a bunch of photography nerds, <laughs> I think the staff show is more fun. And I mean, it's something that we've been talking about since before Christmas. And um, 
it, I think it really pushes people to, you know, think about their photography and uh, think about their work and, and put a, themselves out there. Yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, I, I am maybe just being bitter, but I, I can't even believe that in the few years I've been here and doing photography that there hasn't been one yet. How you guys have so much yeah, talented yeah. And, and not to say and... we've never done anything like that. Um, back in the fall, we did a, a smaller scale thing, and it was our, one of our suppliers, Panasonic, who in Canada, they're an amazing group of people. Um, they funded doing kind of a, it wasn't really a photography contest, but it was an opportunity for them to do like a photography assignment. And so the rules were kind of set around. They had to use certain kinds of cameras, Panasonic cameras. Um, but then if they did that, they could photograph virtually anything that they want. The theme was really broad. It was anything to do with people or the impact of people. So it could have been portraits. It could have been cityscapes. It could have been like anything you could think of. And, uh, and so they covered the cost of like printing the images, um, and then we put together like a showcase event and it was tied into like a speaking engagement with um, a guy from Toronto named Johan Sorensen, who did a talk about portrait photography. So that was one opportunity that the public was invited to and, um, and quite a few of the sales team did participate in that. Um, and then in the past, like I'll admit, it's been, it's been years since we've actually done a full on staff show. Um, we did it during our, like our F 16 anniversary is what we call it. So now I think we've been in business. I want to say 20, I should know this, but I think it's 24 years since 1996. So, um, yeah, F16 was, was a while ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we should do it more. It'd be nice well, to do it annually, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't want that to sound as putting pressure on the camera store as you guys have fault in it. It's just, uh, for me, I don't know why. I, I wonder what we need to do to encourage Calgary in general to just give up some space. Yeah. Like let this happen. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have, there's space available. I mean, there's, and who knows, like maybe we're not even looking in all the right places because I'm sure there's got to be like vacant, I don't know, office spaces and things like that. And yeah, maybe we're kind of skirting on the edges and we're looking for things like coffee shops or breweries or I don't know, but, but it, it would be good if we could find um, some other places that would be willing to open their doors to it. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, the right perspective. I, 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 um, I definitely have approached this with a lot of bias too. And um, I remember when I was speaking to Dean Stanton, who's a fairly established artist in Calgary. Mm -hmm. He has a story of, I think it was like the mid nineties when he first came back to Calgary and tried to establish himself as an artist. And there, or whenever it was, there was a real, like another dip. And so he was walking, apparently there was a mall, I get this before my time, but there was a mall downtown that was basically going to get demolished. and. I think the story is he was just, uh, he's, he's kind of an interesting eccentric character. So he's just mulling around, walks in, sees it's all vacant, and then uh, negotiates with the property manager. Like, look, this place is, you know, essentially fucked. Yeah. Give me this space. Uh, we'll negotiate like a reasonable thing because, you know, I'm a poor artist. Yeah. And he built this gallery hub that lasted like three years. Oh, wow. Um, and when I hear stories like that, it's inspiring and exciting to see that Calgary, at least at one time, was cal uh, capable of that. Mm -hmm. um, then I have a bias that, oh, well, I can't do it now, except I haven't actually asked. 
you know? There is that. I mean, you never know if you don't ask. And sometimes it takes more than just asking. Like, you really got to put, um, I think, some pressure on businesses and on people um, to, to actually make something happen. Right. There's a lot, I think there's a lot of effort required in, in making stuff happen, and, and maybe in particular in Calgary. And so I think, it, and we all tend to be a little bit polite, um, especially on the business side of things, I think. And so if we can maybe put a little bit more pressure on, um, on other businesses and organizations and um, things like that, you know, maybe we get a little bit further. I know we had an example of trying to put together, bring in a photo show um, for photojournalists. So we often are involved in a, um, a conference called NPAC, and we wanted to bring in this exhibit that was kind of associated with it. Um, but it's photojournalism, and there's often in these awards some really difficult images on difficult subject matter. And... They loved the idea of doing a photo exhibit, but I think because some of the imagery may have been a bit controversial or at least difficult to see, um, we, we didn't really get anywhere with that. And we were going after public spaces, um, like having it in a mall or, or somewhere that had a lot of foot traffic. And that was sort of one of the requirements of being able to bring this exhibit in. Um, but I think that if we had put maybe a little bit more pressure on the whole concept instead of saying like oh well they don't they don't want to do it because it's controversial um maybe we would have been able to make it happen yeah i don't know i i mean i want to use this as a segue to um you know the uh, setup for your show and all the curation that you know whether it was required <laughs> but i also just quickly want to think about you know uh, you know you brought up at first i was thinking is it part of the Calgary culture that doesn't want to be associated with these controversial images? But then mm. we get into the broader thing about public spaces and um, and what people are willing to see. There, are, even for me, as I like to think of myself as somebody that isn't shocked very easily. You know, even when yeah. I read something, mm -hmm. often I'm just like, "How the fuck did this happen?" Yeah. But to see it depicted. You know those famous images coming out of Vietnam. Or any war mm -hmm. um, are one thing, but there are a lot of images that are hidden <laughs> underneath that because there are much worse things happening than uh, than have been depicted. And yeah, it's a fascinating yeah. idea of what the public is willing to participate with. Yeah, um, well, and it with the staff show because we've left it completely open. We didn't really put any specific restrictions, so. It'd be very interesting to see what they come up with. And if there is going to be anything that's a little bit risky. controversial or risky, <laughs> I have, I, at this point, I really have no idea. I've seen um, each one of them have submitted a sample image and sort of a description, but some of the descriptions are still quite vague. And I think probably that's because some of them are in the same boat that I am, where as of, well, before last night, I still was really loose on what I was planning to, to show. I think I have it tightened up. I've submitted my folder to have them printed. And um, I will see how it goes. But I'm, I'm so curious. And you're going to ask about um, curation. Right. So I don't know if this is a bad thing or not. <laughs> Just saying it out loud. But um, it's really not like a, a curated show. There will be some of that in place in terms of how we actually sequence images on the walls. Um, and some of the staff will have specifics on how they want it displayed. Um, others will 
probably not because um, they don't have experience doing that necessarily. And so we'll be placing them in, in a way that we think makes sense. Um, but otherwise, we've left it really open. And because of the, the style of the, um, the gallery here, they're all kind of like little alcoves. And so the, each little exhibit will really stand on its own nicely. Oh, neat. So instead of it just being a bunch of flat walls and like a big cube or something with everybody stuck together, um, it will give you kind of the opportunity to put the blinders on um, from other stuff and other images that are displayed and only look at that little body of work. Oh, that's exciting. So I think that's cool. Yeah, I was a little bit, not worried, but I was wondering if, you know, what the impact would be um, on different levels of, you know, I was definitely imagining that we would go upstairs and it would just be one room and then everybody mm. would get a designated section. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes those group shows can have uh, enough of a separation that you understand that this is a particular person's work. And if it's uncurated, I'm sure you will anyways. Oh, yeah. But it does, you know, as we are visual people, like in your peripheral, everything, lighting, the space, it's going to change everything. Um, but for every, well, presumably everybody to have a little bit of a, uh, their own room almost is pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, their own little space. And um, I mean, it's going to be quite a, a smorgasbord of work. And um, if you had to judge by the personalities on the floor and what they talk about <laughs> shooting, I mean, is it a da dangerous question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, without naming names, do you think that we might expect to see something particularly extreme? Uh, certainly abstract. I'm sure we'll see something. Definitely. Abstract. Yes, there definitely is going to be some abstract stuff. Um, I don't know about extreme. I mean, from the sample images and that that I've seen, um, I do, I'm not picturing that happening, but you never know. Um, it's going to be just as much of a, a surprise to me, I think, as it will be to th those that come and see it. Um, but I think any of the like the customers and friends of everyone that works at the camera store, I think there's going to be there's going to be some some mystery and surprise as to even like who shot everything because I think there's some people that are really going to step out of their regular comfort zone of maybe the things that they typically share, um, you know, and we have photographers that work here that have been shooting for as long as over 45 years, 35 years, down to some people that are like spring chickens <laughs> that are really quite young. They're in their like early twenties and, um, but they have, you know, like a fantastic eye and, and so it's, it's really just such a vast difference of experience levels, subject matter. I know we're going to have everything from um, like artistic wildlife shots to um, kind of like eclectic photograph paintings that are processed in a certain way. It's really abstract stuff that's been created with um, different types of like film chemistry and things like that. So it's exciting. Uh any, so uh, the, my next question, I think you answered is uh, just as a sneak peek. So we're going to see different, potentially some different mediums and uh, different, uh, if not like just printing. But, well, I mean, displaying, mm -hmm. uh, is it's not necessarily going to just be framed still photographs. No, uh, no. Which is more, that's pretty exciting. It's like we also as photography uh, photographers, I feel like we need to push out of those boundaries from time to time. Respecting history, you know, yeah. 
there was that talk again we always were referring a lot to george alvin and scott's talk i think it's just because fresh in my mind anyways mm-hmm. but yeah um, well it was last time we probably saw each other so. yeah uh yeah actually other than uh two days ago when i did press <laughs> um but it was interesting because i build and you know i started calling myself more of a visual artist than a photographer i mean i do uh, still photography as well but you know i like to I like to break them and do weird things with them. Yeah. Um, but when the question came up about post-processing and um, particularly because all three of them, and they're all different age sort of generations, yes. but yeah. they all, because especially with Alvin and, and Scott, I mean, Alvin particularly, he's, he's much, he's in his late twenties. Um, for him to have been so immersed in film, for example, requires yes. uh, like a crazy, he's a lunatic. Like he loves photography. To yeah. go back and learn chemistry and want to be in a dark room without the formal education or the rigor of being in an art college where it's a required yes. yeah so um when they whenever they talk about post-processing there's this attachment to this idea that how the film how the camera captures it is the most authentic representation of what happened in that frame yeah engraving uh, which, kind of the traditional yeah. sense yeah and i used to actually just think that's total bullshit but mm-hmm. when george brought up that the less you do, the more timeless it'll end up being. Yes. That yeah. was pretty interesting. I've actually been thinking about that a lot. Me too. Yeah, I thought that was that was a really good point because, I mean, there's often a lot of trends that happen throughout time. And especially with social media, I mean, those trends change so quickly. And something you could tell even from two years ago, some of the trends with, you know, filters and certain color palettes and HDR, things uh, like that. Uh, H- yeah. <laughs> HDR. Um, and and that will date images. Um, but if I think when things are as simple as possible and as maybe basic as possible, and it, it is the representation of what the camera is able to capture and the more you can do in the camera, um, the more realistic it's going to be. At least from a documentarian. and uh, Yeah. It's fascinating. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's never a right or wrong answer. I'm excited. I mean, I think it's more exciting than telling someone to show up and walk around a room where it's, you know, 60 framed photographs. and From maybe, yeah, one photographer or something yeah. like that. Or even if it's 13, but it's... Either yeah. there's a theme, so they all kind of correspond, and you get this monotony. Yeah. But to be able to walk into a space where, yeah, you walk in one room, and there'll be, uh, yeah, somebody playing around with chemistry of film, and the next one will be an abstract thing of a leaf, and one might be a portrait. I, I don't, we'll see. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. Well, and I think for some of them, it's been somewhat nerve-wracking. And of course. There's been a lot of questions there, and I can... I can relate to that because doing doing those final selects and committing to what was going to be shown, it just felt like it's going to be so permanent. And really, at the end of the day, it's only going to be two days. And the amount of people that are going to see it is relatively small compared to the stuff that I put out online. Like when we do our uh, review videos or when I put stuff on social media, I mean, potentially thousands and thousands of people from all over the world can see that. Uh, but with the show, it's going to be mostly you know, friends and family and, um, and customers of the store, people I've known for a long time. And it's very interesting to me that that is more scary. It's more nerve wracking um, because I think you care so much more about their opinion. Um, and it, and putting stuff online has this disposable uh, feeling to it. 
It's just kind of, it's out there. It's maybe visible for 24 hours, 48 hours, and then it virtually is, is gone unless you f- make an effort to like go back to it. Um, where this, when you create a print, um, we talked about it in our earlier well, first interview, bring it up, yeah. is um, when you create a print, that's really when I think an image becomes a photograph. And I've heard that so by so many people um, that are you know very wise <laughs> ways of photography but but Julian who's doing the show with his daughter um, and he's the owner of the camera store he's said for a long time and it's it's not necessarily his quote but um, that he truly also believes that um, an image is not a photograph until it's printed and um, and I completely agree and I think all of us should be doing more of that not only for you know photo exhibits and um, and that sort of thing but just in life because I sometimes worry about um, how how much of a of a document will actually have since so many of the images that have been captured, um, like more images are captured every day than ever before, but they're all just online. And what happens when Facebook disappears or Instagram disappears? It could happen overnight, and all of that will be gone. There's such a tension, I think. I'm like listening to you speak, I'm thinking about when digital stuff started becoming predominant, we were looking at, for example, uh, an aged photograph or paint. Well, paintings have been uh, kept a little bit more archivally, uh, obviously, in history. Mm-hmm. But you see some of these old photographs that have lost their patina, inside joke with my wife, Helen, uh, obligatory <laughs> shadow. Um, or they, they're, they're lost or they're crumbled and you feel like you've lost that memory. And mm-hmm. so the pitch is that, well, the digital is infinite and it's permanent. And the cloud is what's going to keep uh, yeah, this documentation. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, but it becomes disposable because it's overwhelming. And how many people... Because there's parents, too much. Yeah, there's yeah, too much of it. Other than a parent might scroll back to see how chubby your kid was when they were six months old because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, am I really going to scroll back and find out the first picture I took with Alvin? Like the first walk or the oh, first yeah. time I, sh- you know, did a show or, you know, when I first arrived in Calgary before I had a camera. Like, no, uh, that is not in my mind. Mm-hmm. But then I was at home in Toronto or like even last year, part of my wife's business at Komori uh, is um, I found these old photographs and uh, we're sorting them and, and bring some back to Calgary. And then you pick them up and yes. I see a photograph from like when I'm three. Yeah, and you're holding it, yep. and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's there's something different. There's something Absolutely. real about it. Yeah. Well, and I've been fortunate enough to have kind of inherited um, both of my grandmother's albums, which is a lot. My house right now is filled with a lot of albums, um, and the plan is um, I'm I'm pregnant right now, and so I'm gonna on maternity leave and I always make plans for maternity leave but um, (laughs) my plan is to scan a lot of the photographs from um, my one grandmother's album and be able to create some photo books Um, and they'll probably end up being like digital copies and then I have lots of other family members that are interested in those photographs and so hopefully um, we'll be able to keep the originals um, either with my my dad or um, with us and then everyone who wants a copy of maybe like the a curated selection of the best images um, in these kind of like volume-based photo books Um, and yeah it's it's amazing how well organized they all are and they're kind of like you can go through time like you can just like flip through these albums and um, and they really do document their lives um, and it's the same thing, I guess, with Facebook in a way. 
uh, because I know I have a lot of friends who post a lot of stuff on Facebook of their kids growing up. And we now have kids that are, let's say, 14, 15 years old, and their entire lives have been pretty much just documented, say, on Facebook, but have their parents like printed albums like that. Right. I don't think I don't think a lot have um, from what we've we've heard about the photo finishing business. Um, it's not as popular as it used to be. And um, I, I personally would love to see uh, more people go back to that. And I should take my own advice and do the same. Um, but I've really been trying to print more with, yeah, that, a, with that goal in mind. It's a difficult, yeah, it's a difficult world too. I mean, everything has its own nuances. And yeah, I mean, there's a reason why film lost digital and there's a reason why, you know, certain type of printing, even as we were just, I don't know if we got it on our preamble, but um, you were talking about how this is going to somebody you know who's got a professional essential grade level printer. Yes. Alvin and Scott have built their own printers, have purchased and, and uh, calibrated. I know mm -hmm. a nature photographer, Dean Foster, was telling me last year that he got a giant one and he used to post oh, yeah. on Instagram about how he's calibrating things. Um, yeah. So there's like film, there's a resurgence of knowing its you know uh, power, but also yeah. um, this idea of trade crap and professionalism that's it's gotten very blurred because yes. it's become accessible for the individual as well so um yeah i don't know um i've been thinking a lot too about whether we print or create physical copies enough uh, mm -hmm. we always had the intent as well of having like a yearly summary photo book of how emerson's our son is doing yeah and yeah no, done that. i think the first year we tried to start uh you know uh, curating but also with digital photography there's tens of thousands of photos i know it's, of the over, same it's overwhelming yeah yeah and then as a parent in particular there's 60 frames let's say of him eating his first you know pea gruel and how do you <laughs> how do you pick one because he looks like ridiculous in all of them and yes, you want yeah. all of them to exist well and it, again that kind of goes to the the disposable nature of, of digital photography because say our parents like their generation if they were taking photos of us eating like our first meal chances are they probably would take one picture right because you know they think of the cost of the the roll of film you're going to have 24 frames and then you're going to go and develop them and it was also kind of a lengthy process yeah um you have to wait weeks just to see what you shot yeah and there's no viewfinder yeah <laughs> no viewfinder. there's no display but, yeah but there was still there was so much magic behind it oh, growing yeah. up for me i think that's what actually got me into photography is um my mom would take our film like from the family camera to the grocery store developing place and she'd go with the most affordable developing process which would take a week so she'd drop it off say on a tuesday then the next tuesday she'd pick it up and so maybe once every uh, let's say a few months we get our like pack of prints and it was like so exciting. I loved looking at the photos and a lot of our uh, photo albums growing up are so beat up because my sister and I would look at them constantly. I guess we loved looking at ourselves. Well, no, I mean, I mean, that's part of it. But I also think, for example, like it's that candidness. Like if you've got the one photo and, you know, your brother, sisters like make like a ridiculous face. So you have yeah. like that ugly, you know, the half closed eyes yeah. it becomes fun instead yeah. of uh, about your ego it's not like oh i mean there's part where you're like oh you look like an idiot but it's yeah. also immortalized because that's the one shot of that mm -hmm. dinner and you but and you remember it yeah it becomes yeah, yeah. immersive yeah. there's I, a little too much of posing i think now where yeah. people need to oh well 
I didn't like that. Like, let's make it so that, you know, I remember it this let's way. Let's take 50 like, more shots yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little worrisome. But that, that's a whole philosophical conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About society. We'll yeah. probably avoid that. Um, but yeah, so I I mean, I know sort of our main reason why we were going to chat today was talk about the, the photo show. And so it's that uh, February 7th and February 8th. We're really excited. It's part of Exposure. And Exposure Photography Festival in Calgary, I think it's really awesome that we have this. It's in the middle of winter. And there's always kind of the debate of, like, why is it in the middle of winter? It would be so much better if it was in the spring or summer. But at the same time, it's kind of like Valentine's Day. You know, you get through Christmas. And then you can have something to look forward to that comes up really quickly. January just kind of breezes by. It's barely a month. And then we get into Exposure Photography Festival. And I think it really brightens up the city, at least for all the photography nerds in the world yeah and there's a lot i think we mentioned i i remember reading a stat i don't know if this is actually true but the calgary has the highest per capita ownership of uh, uh, cameras in the country that's Uh, really yeah that's really interesting it's like i i mean in toronto there's a lot of people that buy the kit lenses let's say at costco or something Uh they have their first kid yeah but it's not that normal to see like groups of people with uh, you know six thousand dollar telephoto lenses walking on the street because they're about to go to the mountains and take, try to shoot a bear. Yes, you know, yeah, location, location. Yeah. And Calgary really is on the. You get everything. Edge. I mean, we can argue about urban, but certainly if you can get out into the foothills in forty five minutes, yeah. at some point you're going to be like, I need something. <laughs> Whether I'm going to spend you know top dollar or even just a, or renting, a base. yeah, like right because people can rent. Uh, from us and I mean I think the I'm gonna just go ahead and say it because I think Calgary's really lucky to have a place like the camera store um, because we have like the rental program we have lots of workshops and um, resources and I think maybe that's we'll take some credit like maybe that's one of the reasons why Calgary does have more people that actually are shooting with cameras I don't know I haven't actually seen that that stat before but I think that's really fascinating I think too like we talked about it's not just that you're here and you guys do such a great job, but I mean, the staff and everybody here, at least in the generation that I've known, I mean, I can't speak to yeah. historically what the camera store has been, but when I walk in here and there's just, yeah, a group of photo nerds, all of them will talk to you about photography and cameras, but not about uh, buying, selling, or, or deals. And mm-hmm. it'll just be asking you, like uh, me, what, what am I shooting? What am I shooting with? And like, have you seen this? This is a kind of cool thing. That's like, good. I know this is uh, out of your price, but you got to check this thing out. Like, everybody's joking around because um, there's that common, you know, that interest, common ground, the yeah. passion, right? Yeah. Um, well, and a lot of our, our customers, they become like friends of everybody. And we do a lot of the community stuff, like the, the beers and cameras meetups, the coffee and cameras meetups, and um, things like the panel talk that we did with George Scott Elvin. And there's some really good camaraderie that happens. And we know so many people by name and it's kind of, it does become, I think, a good local hangout for people that are really into it. And then the bookstore has really become a special place. We have, um, we brought in a few years ago, John Veldehone, um, who's like the ultimate uh, photography he's, book expert. He has like a, a publishing yeah. background. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's kind of the librarian. He yeah. hates when we call the, the book store the library because we're supposed (laughs) to sell the books um but at the same time like we have um you know the stand-up table in there and it's it's a really open environment for people to grab a book off the shelf and we have a lot 
that's that is a labor of love right there um but there's so many amazing titles from if you want to learn about like the philosophy of tarfi if you want to read a how-to book on you know macro work or if you want to look at pictures of street photography from you know we're talking about Weinergrand and Vivian Meyer and Bill Cunningham and Mary Ellen Mark you know we have all those plus the the local titles too like George Weber and and, and a lot of others who have who have published work I think I, hearing that makes me reflect on that thing we talked about earlier the short game and the long game you know if you build uh let's say uh, you know just to make John Itch if you ever listens to it uh a library mm-hmm. but your only intent is to make a profit on it. it won't last very long i mean there's a lot of differences now about book yes. ownership etc but also just i mean the quality and level of books that you guys have here is not they're not throwaways they're very expensive no. manu- uh, tomes beautiful photo books yeah um but the long game is that people are even attracted just the slide in the back if you hear about a book you're like holy shit you open it and whether i can afford it or not and whether i should pay for it or not Mm-hmm. it actually just gets you into this community where sure. at some point you're going to meet somebody here yeah and like, it's it's sort of a a negative and a positive that it ends up being kind of like this gem of the camera store like if you're in the know about it it's a little special place for you um i think it's still important to have things like that because you know yeah we at, at the end of the day we are a store we sell cameras we sell all of the other stuff that goes around with it for people to create awesome photographs and films um, or you know just video content that kind of thing but to have the the extras that surround it like the workshops like the coffee talks the staff photo exhibit um, I think those things are really key to us having a good connection with our community you know we do a lot of stuff online too that goes nationally and, yeah. and beyond you know we do like I'm involved the in the YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, which has given us that presence all over the world um, but at the same time we are one place we are one store and I think having the connection to the Calgary photography community um, is still that critical piece to to our survival and why we've been able to to manage this far in, in difficult economic times I think I mean yeah it's a great closing argument <laughs> Um, I'm very passionate about this, David. <laughs> when, uh, I, you know, one of the things that I have wanted to do with the perspectives is to, uh, I think the corporate, I mean, it's probably not even the word they use anymore, but the catchphrase from like two years was cross-pollination. But Oh, yeah. Cal- yes. Calgary's got a lot of things where we have such creative people, but they end up in close communities, it seems mm-hmm. like sometimes. Yeah. And I wonder, for example, we have the Exposure Photography Festival, but now that it has this more as it's growing a public, I mean, it's been around longer than that, but it's been growing sort of a more public uh, persona. Yes, and yeah. The hope could be that if we can attract, you know, for every hundred photographers that might walk in on the seventh or eighth uh, to your show, if mm-hmm. you could even get like 20 just random people who don't have any interest in taking a photograph, but yeah. just want to understand that there are people doing this here, then, yeah. then I, I think the seed of culture is there. And I think Calgary has a shot in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we do that, I have no idea. But, but um, yeah. that's uh, it's an exciting thing to, I mean, even see that you as a store, but you as people are actually interested in something like that. And I, you know, it's a little bit of a twist from the typical uh, characterization that 
if you don't buy anything, you're going to need to get the fuck out. You know, it's like, yeah, no, you can, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> at least I hope. And if anyone ever were to say that, I think they'd be joking. But <laughs> yeah, I, I like our city a lot. It's still a very young city. And I think there's a lot of potential um, for where we can grow. I mean, we kind of we have a lot of foundation ingrained in, um, you know, the corporate structure of the, the oil industry. Um, but there's there's still a lot there. And I think right now, because there's the downturn in that whole um, industry, that there's maybe some potential to open the doors to other things. Yeah, try some new stuff. Yeah. At least ideally. Yes, yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> All right, well, we'll thank you so much for giving me uh, more of your time. Oh, I, yeah, I've been it's checking. I've been checking often. Oh, it good. is recording. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed that. It's yeah. Wait, I'm just going to check one more time. Yeah. yeah. No, um, it's great. I mean, it's great talking to you. We've, we've always kind of um, like been good acquaintances, but it's actually been nice having you in a couple of times this week and having a chance to, you know, shoot the shit about all this stuff because it's important. Yeah, I, I'm uh, going to make it a point in uh, 2020, the new decade, uh, to just be out the way I was a few years ago. I especially love like just kind of walking here and mulling around. But uh, yeah. And I like what you're doing with this podcast and with Perspectives YYC. So yeah, hopefully we can, we can do something to keep the, the thing going. I've been meeting as well some other entrepreneurs and creative people that I think this has become a quote-unquote trending idea in Calgary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not just, for example, Indian emerging and young artists that are talking the talk. I'm mm -hmm. seeing businesses and people... Too. Yeah, yeah, trying things. So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see you on the, uh, was it 7th? Yes. Okay. So the, yeah, the show, so the staff photo show, as well as the He Saw, She Saw exhibit, they're both together in the gallery that used to be Webster's, right beside the camera store. It's February 7th and February 8th. Of course, all the info is on the camera store.com or on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram for the updates too, but. Um, all right. Yeah, be good. All right. I guess I will uh, turn this off. Okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
just head on over to albertapodcastnetwork.com. The APN is proudly powered by ATB Financial and The Branch, their clubhouse, arts venue, and financial institution for creatives and cultural workers here in Alberta. In Calgary, they have an um, in Calgary they have an in Calgary they have an amazing location right here on Stephen Avenue and First Street Southwest, on Stephen Avenue and First Street Southwest, looking up at the Calgary Tower. They are also sponsoring my favorite local art month, Exposure Photography Festival, right here in Calgary. Imagine a whole month of int- a whole month. Imagine a whole month of incredible photography, exhibitions, talks, meet and greets, and hopefully generally warmer weather. If you don't know about it, you need to check out the fence. Great exhibition, but it is outside. ATB is everywhere art is in the city, and I've become grateful for all their tireless efforts to keep creativity growing here in the city. For more info, check out atv.com/the branch.